Okay, Kedushin Samach Tes. We're starting here from the Mishnah a few lines down. We learned yesterday, the introduction is we learned that uh, whenever you have one the Mamzer, then the child is automatically going to be a Mamzer as well. So Rav Tarfan Nomer Yechul Mamzerim Litar. Rav Tarfan says that I have a solution how Mamzerim can become Tar. Meaning, how can it be that Mamzerim won't pass on the Mamzerim to the future children? I have a solution how to make sure it won't happen. Ketzad. Mamzer Shinosa Shufcha Vlad Efren. Remember, the halacha is, we saw yesterday, that if the mother is a Shifcha, a slave woman, then automatically the children are all slaves. They're not Misachas to their father. Whenever there's a slave woman, it's all Misachas to her. So if the Mamzer were to marry a slave woman, then the child would not be a, a mamzer who's a Jew, but rather the child would be a slave. Now, if he's a slave, that doesn't help. Right? You don't want kids who are slaves. They're not even fully Jewish. But Shechero, that would then give the opportunity that, that if the master would be on, in on this plan and he would later free the child, Nimsa ben Menchor, then the kid becomes a free person. He's a regular Jew. That's why it's such an amazing solution. Once a slave converts, he's a regular Jew. So as long as the master is okay with freeing him, then a mamzer would marry a shifcha. They'll have a kid. The kid would not be a mamzer, but the kid would rather be an ebed. And then when the master frees him, he'll be a regular Jew. Blessed are Omer, no, he's an mamzer. Who said you can't be an ebed and a mamzer? You can have both. So maybe if it's true, yes, it's true that the kid's going to be a slave because it's misachas after the mother. True principle. I got your point. But the, the mamzerus is also going to be there. So therefore, the method of purification is not going to help because the mamzerus will be in the evid as well. Says the Gemari Bailu, and we'll see what the, what shot in that machlokas is. Evid, uh, again, if a uh, if a mamzer is born on a, on a slave woman, would the kid just be a plain evid or an evid mamzer? Says the Gemari Bailu, we have a question. Understanding Rabbi Ritafin, Ritafin lechatchila kamar. If Shabbat Ritafin is allowing this solution lechatchila the evid, or he's only saying it after the fact. So essentially, what we're asking is: Is a mamzer allowed to marry a shifcha? So let's just understand what's the issue to marry a shifcha. The pasuk says Lo yekadish b'yisrael. Right? There's an idea that that you can't sleep with. People who aren't uh, who aren't free, liyah kaddish, and that's the halacha of sleeping with a slave woman. So the shaila is maybe you could taina that that's only talking about a regular yisrael and not a mamzer, which is a chiddush because he is a Jew, right? He is a Jew. So what are you going to say? Lo liyah kaddish is is uh, something that doesn't that doesn't apply to him just because he's tainted. So maybe once we see that he has less kedusha for yichus in regard to who he can marry, the mamzer. So maybe and, and we'll learn about that more in the next parak. So maybe we'll we can say as well that the Israel marrying a slave woman does not apply to him, or no, maybe it does apply to him. And Rav Tavon wasn't saying I have a solution how to go about ideally and do it. He's just saying theoretically, if it occurred, this would be the effect. So you have a solution for a male mamzer because a male mamzer could be bought on a slave woman and the kid would be an evet. You don't have a solution for a female mamzer because if a female mamzer is bought on an eved, the kid would not be a slave, right? It's only the slave woman where his children are all hers. So if you're telling me that he's saying what's going to be done let the female mamzer marry a male slave and, uh, and, 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 and that will work. So it's a pillow what the Gemara is thinking, because what would work, right? Okay, maybe it's mutter to do. Okay, great, but what's going to happen? What's the next step? If, if, if a mamzeres, female mamzer, is going to marry an evid, what's going to happen? Do we think the kid's going to be an evid or not? The Gemara, does the Gemara think the kid's going to be an evid? It's not. And that's what the Gemara says right away, evid and l'chayas, right? There's, no, there's not going to be a relationship between the, the evid father and the kid. Rather, the kid's going to be a female, uh, the, the, is going to be sachas after the female mamzeres. So obviously, it's not going to solve anything. So again, there's one Shiloh if it's going to be solved if it occurred. And then there's another question, can you, perp- can you, can you orchestrate it? You can't, you can't bring me a, ma- a Raya why it doesn't work the other way. The other way just simply wouldn't be a fact.
So Tashma, we have approved Yish Kuzan to Rav Simlai Mamzer Abba. The landlord of Rav Simlai was a Mamzer. Rav Simlai said to him, If I knew you before you got married, I would have given you a solution how to purify your kids. Meaning now you're already married, you know, so I don't have much of a solution for you. But if before you got married and before you had kids, I would have told you to marry a Canaanite woman, a slave woman, and to purify your kids. So if you say that the solution is ideal, that's what he means. He would have recommended it. That is not mutter, which is saying if it happened, it happened, mind you. What does it mean he would have advised him? Says the Gemara, the of he would have just offered him the advice. He would have said, Zilgnov, go steal this Dabin Revedivri, and then you'll be sold as a Hebrew slave. Meaning, even if it's not ideal, even if a mom not, is not allowed to marry a slave woman, there's still a way how he could do it ideally. What's the way? What's the way? You steal, and the court sells you as an evidivri if you can't earn enough money to pay back. And then what, what's, what is the unique halach about an evidivri? Despite the fact that he's a full Jew, the Torah says that the master gives him a slave woman. So that's going to be a solution how this mamzer could for sure behater be married to a slave woman. So maybe that's what's going on. So our Shiloh is time for mamzer to go ahead and, and marry him. Um, a slave woman. Maybe that's not much of a but certainly if a person makes sure that they turn themselves into an evidivri, then that would work. Says the Gemara, that doesn't work because there was no evidivri in the times of Rav Simlai. Why? Because it's only when Yovel applies that Allah's evidivri apply, and Yovel didn't apply at that time. So it's totally pointless to advise him to steal because even if it would happen, he would never have been sold to an evidivri to get the answer to the Shifcha. So it must be that we lost that point of that it's, he's trying to become an evidivri. It must be derived. The Reptarfin is saying that the Mamzer can just marry a slave. Woman, Shmami, no, we see that that's true. I'm Rabbi Yudam, Shmami, Lachat, Kriptafen. We pass on like Kriptafen. So two points come out. First of all, Big Chiddush Rabbi Yitzhak, even though it's an Israeli Akadish, a slave woman is not to be married to a regular Jew, but a Mamzer is allowed to marry the slave woman. Chiddush number one. Chiddush number two is that then after that occurs, the kid is not a Evid who is a Mamzer. He's just an Evid. And therefore, if he's free, it's a solution how Mamzer may purify their kids. Whereas Rabbi Eliezer says, no, he's an Evid Mamzer. It's not a solution. I'm Rabbi Lazar, my time is Rabbi Eliezer. Where did Rabbi Eliezer come from? Why, if he's Misachas after the mother, does he, is he called a Mamzer? To Amar Kral, the Pusik says, when it talks about um, a Mamzer's kids coming, it says, shouldn't come because of him. So tells us that the blemish of a Mamzer always applies to descendants, um, even if you wouldn't have thought that they would have. So the low is coming to say, even where he married a slave woman and the kid is a slave, still the taint, the blemish of Mamzer is somehow is chal in the shame of this as well. Says the Marvah Rabbanan. How does Rabbanan uh, use that word? That's talking about a Yisrael who marries a Mamzeres. And what's the halacha? The kid is Misachas after the mother and it becomes a Mamzer. That's all the Torah is telling you. It's telling you and that in that case, if someone marries Mamzer, the kid's a Mamzer. But in Mamzer, who would marry a slave woman, the kid would not be. So, I mean, you might have thought this is Yichos is normally determined after the father and not the mother. It tells us that when there's a Pogum, when there's a Mamzeres, then it's Misachas after the mother. So that's just telling you the general idea. If, a, if Yisrael marries a Mamzer, it's a kid's a Mamzer, but it doesn't tell you by when it's slave scenario. Rebbe Lazar, why doesn't he dash like that? So he says, Well, let's analyze. You just made that drasha. Great drasha. Even though generally the law is that kids are Mesiachas after the father, the word low comes and removes the kid uh, from when a Jew marries a Mamzer, it's from the regular rule, and it says that the Mamzer goes damn. You could say the same thing, even though normally a slave woman's children are Mesiachas after her and their slaves, the Drash of Lo can apply and say that Mamzer is Chal. So he's saying, I concede to your Drasha, you darshan correctly. But the Maisa, what's the Yisait? The Yisait is that the Yichas of Mamzer transcends the regular rules. That's why when Israel marries a Mamzer, the kid is a Mamzer. So too, when an Evan when a, when a, when a 
when a mamzer marries a slave woman, even though the kids are slaves, they're going to be mamzerim as well. For Rabbanon, why don't they apply it there as well? So they say a big, a big yisoyin. Kovlad b'mei shifcha kananis, kivlad b'mei mehem adami. Whenever you're dealing with a fetus in the in, in in the belly here of this slave woman, it's no different than a fetus in the belly of an animal. So we're trying to say, what is the point that we're trying to say? There's no yichus to the father. There's no way, there's no gather to such exeris akasov. What's the yisoyed of yishavila tiyal adonah? The yisoyed advarim is, is that it's treated in that way. It's no different than, than with like a fetus in an animal. There is no yichus to the father. There's no yichus to the father. There's no way. It's not shayach for the, for the, for the, for the mamzeris to pass. When it's Yisrael who marries the mamzeris, even though normally Yichus goes more about the father, you could say that here, the stain from the mother will pass on. But here, with Klape and Evan, the only kudav of what's in a slave woman, there's b'chlau no shame Yichus to the father, and therefore there's no way, possibility, of the mamzeris passing on. All right, so we continue here with the new parakets. Definitely a continuation of the theme of Yichus. So historically, just to understand what happens here, is that the, when the second base of Mikdash was being rebuilt, so Ezra, he was the leader, so he, he was leading people back from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael. Now, what happened was that a lot of people over the years of Galus had messed up their yichos, meaning they married people they shouldn't have, you know, Mamzerim were created, they married again, so on and so forth. So he was very nervous about this. What was he nervous exactly? He's basically saying that since there were a lot of good people going back to Eretz Yisrael, who's going to guard against the intermarriage of the tainted people? Meaning, if it's lawless and you just have a bunch of Sulim here, and people aren't aware of Sulim, so the, the, it's going to spread and spread and spread. The problem is going to become worse. So he took, it's a very interesting act, he took all the Sulim with him, and he left Bavel with only the good people with good yichas. So notice he did all his thorough investigations, and he took the people who had had issues in the yichas of the family, took them up. Why? Because at least there, the Rabbana will watch over them, the basin will watch over them, and will make sure that the problem doesn't spread. Mashengen and Bavo, now they're going to have people to watch over them, so he left the people with better yichas. So the Mishnah tells us this point, there were 10 different classes of hierarchy here, of Yosin, that were Ola from Bavo. They went up from Bavo. Kohani Levi Yisraelim, right, those are very simple. Chalolim, those are disqualified Kohanim. Gerim, the converts. Vacharui, um, freed, freed, uh, freed slaves. So, so, so at the end, in the end, it's somewhat like a convert in the sense that he is the, the process of becoming free. You also go to the mikvah. That's why it's listed here as a separate class. And again, we'll see all the Nafkaminas, who could marry who, we're going to see. Mamzerim, Mamzerim, Nesinim. Nesinim are the story of the people who, uh, who tricked Yoshua and they were really supposed to be killed, but they converted and they married into Kalei Yisrael. Now there's Machlaikas, whether or not the Isra of the Nesinim is with the Raisa or the Rabbanon. If the Isra of marrying Kalei applies to them on a Raisa level, the Rabbanon level once they convert it. But either way, they're Asr. And then Shtuki Vasufi. Shtuki Vasufi are people who don't know who they're, either they don't know who the father is or they don't know who both of their parents are. We'll see in the Gemara the definition of those terms. Okay, so even though there is a hierarchy, but they're all mutter to marry one another, right? We know that quite obviously to us, we're familiar. There's no din, Kohan can only marry Kohan and believe in Levim. It's not like that. Converts and freed slaves could marry one another, right? Well, there's no Israel to marry a convert. But which one is left out there? Kohan. Because Kohan are not allowed to marry converts, right? That's very important. What's the pshad? So we derive it, the whole Yusuid, the Gemara and Yavamas, but basically, as a shame of a zona. A coin can't marry a zona, and anyone who, who was at once a guy at a certain point, and therefore cannot marry a coin. If you have a convert, if you have a convert, a freed slave, a mamzer, and also in Shtuka Sufi, they're mutter to one another. So, big chiddish. Mamzerim and gerim can marry one another. The Torah says, Mamzer, and our Mishnah holds that the, the gerim and harurim, a gerim, 
is not considered Kahal Hashem. Yes, they're Jewish, but that terminology of Kahal Hashem, they're not. We learned already, we referenced it. That's Machlok Tanom. But that's the way that our Mishnah holds. Our Mishnah holds a Ger, Gemer, and Mamzer. Elim Shtuki, we define the term Shtuki Vasuki. Shtuki is Kushu Makras, Yimuv, and Makras Aviv. So he knows who his mother is, he doesn't know his father. So what happens is, Shasuk means to be silent. So Rashi explains that whenever, whenever he asks, about it, or he calls other people father who aren't really his father, his mother silences him. Obviously, that's a painful thing, but the mother is saying quiet when he starts calling other people his father. Asufi, who are Asufi, he's gathered from the street. He doesn't know anyone. He doesn't know any of his hijos. We'll see in the Gemara what, 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 what does that mean, a Baduki. All right, says the Gemara. What's the terminology? They went off from Bavel. And this thing, I'll just say they went to Israel. What's this idea of going off? The Mishnah is just telling you something, a nice tangential point that you can see from the language. You're going up. It says when you have a Shailah, the Pasuk and Shoftim, it says you'll go up to the place Hashem chose. What does that mean, go up? This teaches us that the base of Mikdash was higher than the rest of Eretz Yisrael. We also see Eretz Yisrael is higher than other lands as well. So it's like the top of the globe. That's a big question. Is this literal? Is, not, is it not literal? It's certainly the central place where the world was created. We believe that. So Al-Kopanim is considered going up. We that we see from the Pasuk. Top of the Count of Alisa. You're going up. You're going up. Wherever you were in Eretz Yisrael, you have to go up to get to the base of Mikdash. This idea that you followed up and said that Eretz Yisrael is higher than all the lands. There was no source that Eretz Yisrael is higher than all the lands. It says, I'll bring you a source. There are days that are coming to Hashem, the word of Hashem. No longer when people take an oath and they're swearing the name of Hashem, they're not going to say, Hashem, we took up Klai Yisrael from Mitzrayim. The story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim will almost become like forgotten. Why? Because there's going to be more important miracles that will happen. Kiim, what are people going to say? Chai Hashem, in the name of Hashem, Asher Helov, Asher Hevi Yizer, Yisrael, Me'eretz Fonim, Mikolar, Aratz, Asher, Etat, Misham. He brought them, he brought, he brought all, he took up all of Klai Yisrael from the northern country, from Buffalo, from all the other countries. So we see over here that the language of the Pasuk is that, that they're being brought up, Asher He'elah. So we see that this eventual return from the exile to Eretz Yisrael is described in the Pasuk as going up, as being elevated. So this is a raya from the Pasuk that Eretz Yisrael is higher than other lands. Okay, great. Says the Gemara, very nice, you want to say, going up, my ear tani alu in Bavel. Why do you have to say, go up from Bavel? Nisni alu le Eretz Yisrael. Say, go up to Israel. What's the point of emphasizing the place of departure? You should emphasize the place of the destination. Says the Gemara, say, Lili Rebbe of course, Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Lazar, lo ala ezrim Bavel, asha asa kesoles nikiyav ala. He didn't go up until he made it like fine sifted flour, and only then that he went up. So what's the point that we're saying? The point is, that it's like fine sifted flour because there was all this tainted stuff, right? All this different thing. And he was, he was, he was like that process of sifting flour, weeding out the right, the right and the wrong, and the right and the wrong thing. And when he's bringing all these tainted people, now the Sanhedrin will, will be able to, um, uh, will, will be able to look at them. And that, that's the point of, the point is, all of me bubble is that he's trying to leave bubble clean. That was the intent. The intent is, I'm going to take, I'm, I'm go, I need to make sure before I leave Bavel, and I'm not going to be overseeing what's happening, I need to make sure, I need to make sure that Bavel is clean flour. So that's why the emphasis is on Bavel. Because the point was, I want these people in Israel. That's really not the point. The point is, I don't want them remaining in Bavel. So it's Olumi Bavel. That's why the Lashon of Asar Yisrael Olumi Bavel is that the emphasis was, he's sifting the flour Bavel. He's going to make that what remains in Bavel is only good Yichas, because he's only going to be able to supervise where he is in Israel. Says the Gemara, now we get into a dispute. 
When the Mishnah says they went up, they went up means on their own. Meaning, they decided to go up. It wasn't anything that they had to be compelled to. It was against their will. Meaning, he had to force them in that way. Right? Some of them didn't want to go up. They were forced to go. This whole point that he made it like the fine sift of flour, only then did he go up. So He doesn't know like Rebbe Lazar, that it sounds like it was forceful. So basically, we're saying... That, uh, that, that they're arguing about what he said. Because, and just to understand this, there's no way that every puzzle person willingly left Bava. We assume that that in the Mitzvah would never happen. Just punk, like all the puzzle people would be okay with leaving. So if you say this memra that he was particular to make sure that what was left in Bava was only the, the good stuff, the fine sifted flour, for sure he had to use force. So if you hold to this idea that he only left in Bava the fine sifted flour, then you assume that he had to use pressure, compelling the people who were possible to come with him. So if you hold like that, then it was forceful. If you don't, then you don't necessarily say that all the puzzle people were gone. So then, 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 then it could be that the point is that the all who means that they came on their own volition. Or if you prefer, you could say, everybody agrees, like Rabbi Lazar said, that all the people, all the puzzle people meant. What they're arguing about is, Abai says that they separated those, but they were okay with going up. Meaning as soon as they were set apart, all he had to do was set them apart. Once they were set apart, it's like they were doomed. Everyone knew their status. As long as you hide who you are, maybe you get away, so anyone will marry you. But as, long, as soon as Ezra separated them, the act of then leaving to Israel, that they did on their own. He didn't have to compel them to go to Israel. He just separated them, held a big, you know, made big bulletin boards everywhere, who's possible and who's gosh, right? At that point, all the possible people were very fine leaving. They came up on their own volition. Even after they were, they were separated, it was the fine who they were, the actual taking tires to Israel had to come forcibly. Okay, so it gets her, we have a machlekes, whether or not force was used to get to Israel um, or not. Probably was saying it was force, if I said not. According to Abaye, that they want to voluntarily. He said as follows: All the other lands are dough, um, are dough for Eretz Israel. Meaning, when we say dough, it means not as good. Their communities don't have as good of yichus as Eretz Israel. What's the pasuk shot in that? Because Eretz Yisrael, at least there are puzzle people there, as we saw, as we bought puzzle people there, but at least the Sanhedrin is there to watch over it. So they know who they are, and we try to ensure that they don't marry into kosher families. The Eretz Yisrael is the Bavl, and Eretz Yisrael is like the dough compared to Bavl. In other words, Eretz Yisrael is, Eretz Yisrael is not as good as Bavl. Bavl is like mamish, the fine sifted flour, where there's no puzzle, puzzle yichas. So this makes sense. This makes sense according to Abaye, because the people who went to Eretz Yisrael went willingly. So since they went willingly, it's possible that it wasn't so well known. So since it wasn't so well known, it could be that Eretz Yisrael won't be left as good as Bavel. But if, like you say, like Rava, that he mamish forced the people who were apostles to come up. So maybe Adinu, everyone's going to know, everyone's going to know who came to Eretz Yisrael, who is apostles. So it's an interesting thing what the Gemara is saying. Let's just try to understand. It's not so simple. What the Gemara is saying like this. If Ezra comes up forcibly, like taking like prisoners of war almost, you know, like forcibly taking up the puzzle people. So when they get to Eretz Yisrael, there's no concern that kosher people are going to marry with them. Everyone sees who these people who came against their will is. So therefore, Eretz Yisrael shouldn't have any less of a status as Bavel. Ah, there's a lot more puzzle people in Israel. Great, but they'll marry each other. They won't marry into the kosher families. The fact that Eretz Yisrael became more tainted in terms of the in terms of its overall status than Bavel must be that a lot of these puzzle people who came came on their own. 
and therefore they were still able to mask their true colors and hide their identity, and that's why things got messed up in Eretz Yisrael a little bit more. So we're saying the machlokas of Ayin Rava, whether that's before, this isn't stama machlokas like historically. It also makes a big impact on the status now of Israel. According to Abayah, they came with their own volition. Presumably, they were able to intermarry with kosher people more. According to Rava, that it was forcible. The Gemara sees that there's no way that anything bad would happen. Everyone knows who they are. But the Gemara tells us a pretty obvious answer. Maybe the first generation that came up, right? We have tainted more tainted people in Israel. So maybe in the first time that people came up, people were able to stay away from them. But the next time there's kids, it's very hard to protect and everyone should know who is from which family. So in Akhanami, Eretz Yishol didn't start off immediately becoming worse than Bavel. But a generation later, once these people had children and there were more tainted people in Israel, it was harder for people to protect themselves and therefore Eretz Yishol was no longer on the same level as Bavel. So it's better than the rest of the world because at least we have a Sanhedrin there and based in to kind of supervise. But it's not going to be the same Atreika Bavel. Once you have these the classes of fossil people, presumably they'll get mixed in. Says the Gemara, Bishlam and the Maralu, it's quote according to Abai that they came up with their own volition. How did this say? What does the Pasa say? The Ek would say, Malanaraba, Allahaba. Ezra is talking, he says, I gathered them at the river, at the Ahava, of Anachshom, the Yom Shlosh, we camped there for three days. This is on his journey to Israel. I looked at the people on the Kohanim. Ezra says, I didn't find Levim. Unbelievable thing. Ezra says, I look about, I don't see enough Levim here. And with the whole thing, he made a kanas on the Levium. There are not enough Levium coming. But anyways, Ezra is looking at the, his crowd, his, the, all the people who are traveling with him, and he notices that there's a lack of Levium. So it's clear Ezra didn't know who was with him. He like first surveys who's with him at the river, and he sees it's not so Levium. So Be'eshlam, if you say they came up in their own volition, like Abai, it's good. That he forced him to come For sure, he knew exactly who's going to Eretz Israel. He admitted that's the whole thing. He looked into them, and he forced you to come. So the Gemara says, no, he was only attentive to the apostle people, not the kosher people. So the Levium, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't caring about. He was only, the, the, the idea that he was forcing people to come up means the apostle people. But the other good people who happened to come up with him, that he hadn't looked into. So he didn't notice the fact that the Levium hadn't, uh, that had, had, had been missing. Now there's an obvious kosher over here. Some come out of kosher on the Mishnah for the Pasuk. It says in the Mishnah that Levium came. Asar Yilson Olami Babel Levium Yisraeli. Now here we're saying that he looks around and he says, ah, I look all those guys, I know all of them from Bava, where are these guys? So if you take a look at Rashi, he's a Mardig Rashi. Rashi says, Vavina Ba'am. Rashi says, in the middle of the Rashi, that it wasn't not having any Levium. His issue was Levium who were able to play who were able to play instruments. Because Rashi says, that my Mizbal Naras Bavel, Nebuchadnezzar wanted, when, they, when he made the exile, he wanted the Levim to play songs of the Beis HaMikdash, which is obviously horrific. And they, 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 they cut off their thumbs, right, in order to make sure that they wouldn't be able to do it. So therefore now, even though it seems like a little old, it's hard to understand what the years exactly, but it seems that the, even though there were Levim, but they weren't kosher for Avodah. And that's what he was saying. He's saying, I see Levim here, but I don't have Levim who could do La Voda. And the Levim who evidently could do La Voda didn't come up, and that's why he was upset at them. So Al-Kobanim, the Gemara is saying, there's no riot from here that they came up with their own volition for being forcibly, as opposed to being forcibly t- taken up. Maybe they were forcibly taken up, but he was only careful to know the Psulim that he was forcibly taking up. Certainly, just Tom, a random lady who came up was kosher. He may not have been as vigilant to know who they were. So now we just mentioned uh, mention this fact that the Mishnah said, came up, How do we know these three groups came up? Where do we see that in the Apostle? The and some of the people, the singers, the gatekeepers, and the Nasinim settled in the cities of and the other Jews in their cities. This is the Pasuk is talking about the first time people returned to Eretz Yisrael. 
It's actually, it's interesting. It's a bunch of years before Ezra. Just to understand, you ever say, Kate's Bavel, Zerubavel, right? Zerubavel, Zerubavel. Zerubavel was the first, there was first wave of people coming back. But it actually was a little bit premature. So that Apostle was talking about those Levim were coming back. So it's a little bit interesting. The Gemara is saying that as the Raya that these people came with Ezra, it's more a Raya that they came back to Israel. Whether or not they traveled with Ezra in the return of Zerubavel, that seems a little bit uh, hazy here. We see halalim, converts, and freed slaves he brought. How do we know that he brought up halalim? The time he says in the Bible, Rabbi Yossi says like this, the power of chazaka is great. What's chazaka? Chazaka is that when you don't know something for sure, then you assume things are just the way they were. That's the aside. And it's a tool, right? It's a tool and a guiding principle of dealing with fakers in the Torah. So how do we see the greatness of the power of chazaka? It says in the Apostle, it says the Apostle, Children of the Kohanim, children we named families. That this person took, uh, took a wife of the daughters of Razilai, and he became known by their name. Now, it's an interesting thing. They're called the B'nai Barzilai. Really, it's the mother who's the Barzilai. They looked to find like a star, the document that they could use. They couldn't find it. So they were rejected from the Kuhuna. So meaning, what's going on here? What's going on is that they're returning, and uh, evidently, over the time of the Gullahs in Bavel, a lot of the Kohanim had intermarried, which, or, you know, pe- marrying people that they shouldn't. So therefore, the kids, let's say, if a Kohen would marry a convert, the kid would be a Chol. So if you can't produce a document that you're good about who your family is, signed by, you know, authoritative sock from a basin, and they said, you know, I'm sorry, we can't trust that you're good, you're a good Kohen. But Yom Artisha Lehem, so Artisha said to them, this is a, another name for, um, for Nehemiah. So, so Nehemiah said, You can't eat the holy things. I'm sorry, we don't trust that you're fully Kohanim. Unless there will be a Kohen and Urim Betumim. Now, the truth is, there was no Urim Betumim in the whole Sakabis and Mikdash. It's very sad. So, these people who came back and they didn't have any Shtar Yichos. So, unfortunately, Nehemiah says, Sorry, I cannot fully trust that you are a Kohen. Now, what did he say? You can't eat from Kodesh Kodashim, the Holy of Holies. What does that mean? Kodashim. You can't eat from Karbanos. So Amalahem, now we darshin, he said as follows. I'll allow you to be partially a coin. Whatever your chazaka was of what happened to you in Bavel, I'll allow you to continue in Israel. But Meha what type of holy food did you eat in, 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 in when you were in the exile of Only with Kachim that applies even outside Israel. What is that? Truma. There's Truma in Bavel. The Artos Asmuchas Arts Israel have Truma in Drabana. So the Truma Midrabanan that was taken in Bavel, this family had been eating because everyone presumed they were Kohanim. So you have a Chazaka, it's a fascinating Yisrael. You have a Chazaka that you're a Kohen, but only Klapi Truma. Klapi now to eat Kachim, higher Madrega, I can't assume you're Kohanim. So Afghan Bakashik will now in Eretz Israel, you could take Truma, but you can't eat from Kachim. So what do we see? We see over here, just for what we want, is that the children of these you know, families, they're rejected from the Kuno. They were treated as Chalolim. So this is a, a Raya that, 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 that Chalolim were come up. Now it's an interesting Raya because at the same time that we're treating them like Chalolim, we're also treating them like Kohen. We're, we're, we're like giving them a very interesting compromise. We're saying whatever you did in Bavel, you can continue to, hear, to do here. So the Mar now has a question. In Mesechah's Ksubas, there's a huge Shiloh about if someone who eats Truma, can we assume, if you know someone eats Truma, you don't know anything else 100% about their Yichos, but you, you know that they eat Truma. Is that a Raya that they have good Yichos for Kohuna? So it's Machlik is there. So the Ma'adam are Ma'alam in Truma Yilsin, according to Ma'adam and Yilsin, in, in Ksubas, that you are Ma'alam from Truma to Yilsin, so how could he allow them to eat Truma? People are going to see them eating Truma, and if the Halach is Ma'alam in Truma Yilsin, then they're going to assume they have good Yichos. And here we are, we're saying that we actually have a suffix that maybe they're Halalah. 
says the Gemara, Here, the status was flawed, meaning everybody knew that we weren't fully trusting that they're calling him. Why? Because although we're giving them truma, everybody knows that we're not giving them kachim. So no one's going to mistake them to be good kachim. So if it comes out that we're giving them truma, but we're not giving them kachim, and we're not going to, everyone knows about it, and therefore we're not, no one's going to treat them like full kachim. What's this idea of, we said, chazaka is amazing. Why is chazaka so amazing? In other words, Chazaka works. What they eat truma, they can eat truma. But like we say, gedayla chazaka. Like it's like a great power. What's the great power that we see here? In Bavel, when they were eating truma, the truma only existed on a Rabbanon level. It wasn't in Israel. Once they get back to Israel, now the truma is on a Rabbanon level. So the chazaka really extends a little bit beyond what they were eating. It's truma to truma, but it's 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 Rabbanon to Daraisa. Or you could say even in Eretz Yisrael, they were only allowed to eat rabbinic truma. Not derisa truma. What's rabbinic truma? Rabbinic truma is that really midaraisa only um, only grain, wine, and oils have in truma. Vegetables, for example, have truma only midarabana. So when we allow them to eat truma in Israel, we only allow them to eat truma from things that are only chayv midarabana. Because when they were in Bavel, which is where the Chazaka is coming from, they could only eat Rabbana. This halacha, if you see someone eating Truma, you can assume they have good yichas, only if you see them eating Truma that's on a Daraisa level. Like you see them eating grain, that was Truma, but not Rabbana, therefore there was no danger. Very simple question, what's the greatness of Chazaka? If they're only eating Rabbinic Truma, that's exactly what they ate in Bavel, so what's the good of Chazaka? The answer is, when they were in Bavel, they, they were eating Durabana and Truma because that's all there was. There was no possibility by eating Durabana and Truma they might eat Durabana and Truma. There is no Durabana and Truma in Babel. But Lipsov, now in Israel, someone could say, I can't allow you to continue eating Truma and because it might come to you eating Truma and and Truma and you don't have. Still, they were allowed to continue and eat the Durabana and Truma. Okay, so now second, we have two pshatim about whether the Chazaka allowed them to eat Truma and in Israel or only to continue to eat Truma and Durabana. It says that Nechiri told them don't eat the holy of holies because it sounds like they can't eat carbonos. But anything else that has less truma, like like has less kedusha, like truma, they could eat. So it sounds like they could eat truma even on a daraisa level. You shouldn't say it means holy of holies by carbonos. He's saying you can't eat anything which is called kodesh or called kachim. That means, that means, um, and we're going to see one is a reference to Truman, one is a reference to it's talking about carbonos. It's talking about the part that's separated from the shalom. So we're saying that when Nehemia said, don't eat Kodesh Kadashim, he wasn't saying carbonos. It's two different phrases. Don't eat Kodesh and don't eat Kadashim. One is a reference to Truma and one is a reference to carbonos. So we end up with Machlaikas. We end up talking with the Machlaikas, what these people were allowed to eat. But from the fact that we have this whole discussion and these people who are coming back weren't allowed to eat carbonos, we see that there were Halalim who came back to Eretz Israel.